I think that's exactly how we should start from now on. If you're going to make that exact sound every single time, then sure. But I will not. I will not that was it. pretty close. I don't know about that. I have an honest question for you, and I need an honest answer. <laughs> Do you ask lying questions sometimes? No, but uh, I think in the context of what we're doing here right now, uh, what we're talking about here today, I got to know, what do you think of the podcast? I mean, are you a big fan? Which podcast? Cody and I's. Oh, you're in Cody's as in Cap? Yeah, that's the one. I'm a big fan of Cap. Interesting. interesting. I don't listen to the episodes I'm on, mostly because I hate the way my voice sounds when it's recorded. But otherwise, I like all the episodes. Well, uh, as my girlfriend, I just don't know if I can uh, <laughs> take that <laughs> as the truth. You might be lying to me. You might be uh, you know, a little white lie to save my feelings. I, how am I supposed to know that you're really a fan? Because I'm pretty blunt about everything, so I think you can trust me on that. Yeah, that, that, that's probably fair. You uh, you would probably <laughs> let me know. Uh, but if you're ever in a bookstore, don't be a uh, bad mouth in the podcast to your friends because you never know who's behind you. That's my advice. Or I guess in a sock store. Sorry. It's probably more likely a bookstore. Next store. time you go shopping for socks with your friends, as, as you do in, in the city, streets of New York, just don't, don't talk about the podcast. Don't come find me tomorrow then. Yeah, fair enough. Well, of course, this is MK300. I'm Corbin. And I'm Mina. And we're tackling our watch list of 300 specially curated movies, one at a time, and talking about them. But today we're actually doing two at a time. It's episode three, and we're already switching up the format of the show because we can do whatever we want. That's the beauty of the show. And the two movies we're discussing are two romantic comedies. First, we're going to discuss Nicole Hall of Center's 2013 film, Enough Said, starring Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And then we're going to be talking about her 2023 film, You Hurt My Feelings, also starring Julia Louise-Dreyfus. And she looks the exact same, 10 years apart. Well, there might be some Botox to blame for that. I don't care. Whatever she's gotten done looks amazing. So good for her. Yeah, uh, we're switching it up today. We'll talk about uh, kind of the similarities between these two movies. I thought it would just be really fun to kind of view them in tandem, both being from the same director, both being kind of similar in their ideas and at least the types of stories they're tackling. I mean, of course, starring uh, everyone's favorite uh, TV star of the 90s. They've got a couple overlapping cast members as well. It's true. I mean, I I always love that in movies. You know, anytime you can see like that people worked well together. I mean, Julie Louise Dreyfus made this movie in 2013 and then did not make a movie for seven years until 2020 and then kind of got back into making stuff and then we really this. So... Um, yeah, she took some time off. I don't know specifically what it was, and I'm, she might have been doing some TV stuff as well. But I have no concept of time, so yeah. <laughs> I couldn't have told you it was that long. But it's, it's always cool to, to see people returning together. Um, let's start with the earlier film, Enough Said. So you're a masseuse? I am. What is it that you do? I'm a poet. <laughs> and I'm a dreamer. <laughs> no, really, I am. Oh, you're really a poet? Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. This is Albert. Hey. Hi. How's it going? You know, my friend Eva was just telling me that there is not one guy at this party that she's attracted what? to. It's okay. There's no one here I'm attracted to either. <laughs> All right. Great. Some guy you met at the party wants your number. Hi. Hi. Oh, did I get the day wrong? No. Why? Because you're wearing your pajamas? It's Sunday. I'd like to be comfortable. Oh, good. This is my daughter. Wow, she's stunning. Here's mine. 
She's beautiful. I don't know what my life is going to be like. This whole going away to college thing. I guess we should develop hobbies. Especially I weave. Like baskets? Yeah, I do it in the garage. Really? No. <laughs> Hi, Dad. My daughter has a lot of friends. You think they have threesomes? What? Why would you say that? I, I know, but apparently it's what they're doing these days. I'm afraid that window's closed. There was a window. So what about you? Do you have a boyfriend? Yeah. What's he like? He's funny and comforting. Want to kiss? And sexy to me. Yeah. My ex-husband and I have zero in common, mm. and I was completely repulsed by him sexually. Oh, God, no. Just a second. Marianne, please pick up the phone. Albert. Hi. Remember that new client of mine? Well, it turns out she is Albert's ex-wife. Stop seeing her, please. I don't have anybody I can bitch to. You can completely bitch to me. He was very clumsy in bed. Oh, my hair, my hair. Okay. Oh. He'd go on so many diets, and then he would cheat. And he has no friends. I have lost all perspective. I've been listening to this woman say the worst things about the guy that I'm starting to really like. She's like a human trip advisor. I hope it is not a hotel. If you could avoid staying at a bad one, wouldn't you? Oh my god. And in this movie, Julie Lee's drive this place, Eva, who is a begrudging masseuse and single divorced mother of a daughter soon to be leaving for college. And James Gandolfini plays Albert, a TV museum curator and single father of a similarly aged daughter who meets Eva at a party and begins seeing her romantically shortly thereafter. Their new late-in-life relationship begins to flourish, but meets a roadblock when Eva realizes that her new friend Marianne, who she just so happened to meet at the same party, is actually Albert's ex-wife, who has been constantly bad-mouthing her to him. Dun-dun-dun! Eva then must decide how to navigate her fledgling relationship and all the poison seeping into it via her new boyfriend's ex-wife. This 2013 movie was written and directed by Hall of Center and takes aspects from her own life, raising two daughters as a single mother in L.A. Starring alongside Julia Dreyfus and James Gandolfini is Catherine Keener, Tony Collette, and Ben Valcone. This movie was selected as a movie on my watch list. So of those 25 movies that I had never seen and I wanted to talk about, I placed it on there. And the way you picked it, was I created a list of five movies this time from a decade that you picked. The 2010s. And then I was like, all right, I want to see enough said. Uh, the reason this is a movie I've wanted to watch, and I wanted to watch it even before I had seen You Hurt My Feelings earlier this year, was just because James Gandolfini's in it. And Rest in peace. I didn't even know at the time, but this is actually his like one of his final performances. He died before he even got to see it released, which is really sad to think about. Um, it's dedicated to him at the end. And it's as a rom-com, a movie that is very outside of the central character that many people know him for as, you know, Tony Soprano. He's playing a mob boss, right? In, in, uh, in you know, over six seasons of a show. And that that's who he was to so many people. And I always wanted to, you know, say, well, what is it, what's he like in a different kind of movie? And I'm really glad I got to see that. Which is great. And I might be one of the few individuals at Who this point, that likes movies and TV, that did not know that this man was indeed a mob boss. As, I, we, as we live here in Jersey, Nina did, was not aware of the Sopranos culture around her, I guess. I mean, it's crazy. I know The Sopranos is a beloved show, and it's on my watch list at 
I just will know I'll get sucked into it and feel that I kind of need to be it's productive in other it's ways. It's a big commitment. It's uh, you know, hour long episode. After you know, we watch it on Amazon Prime, which I love. Always shows you kind of cool things about who's mm. in the scenes and you know any trivia or whatever. I think I walked out you of the walked room. Walked away, and I clicked <laughs> you, on. You're like, all right, I gotta, I gotta see what's going on. <laughs> and I was like, everything makes sense now. I mean, yeah. he's a massive human in that movie and the idea of him being a mob boss made so much sense to me um i could almost kind of believe his character in this movie could have still have some ties to the mob and it's also cool because it's like in a movie you've got these two pivot like huge tv stars at the center of it him you know Sopranos started to air late 90s into the 2000s. He was, like, The Sopranos was the show of the early 2000s. And Seinfeld was probably the show of the 90s. And you've got, you know, two of the leads of both those. It's it's cool to see them kind of come together and, and do a movie together. And a rom-com at that. Definitely. I think I would say Julia Louis-Dreyfus feels a little bit more comfortable yes. in what she's doing. It definitely feels definitely more in her realm of expertise Absolutely. than it does his. But I still think you can see it challenging her in different ways and having to kind of really dig deep into the emotional aspects of different areas in the film. What did you think about this? I really enjoyed it. I liked not knowing what was, what it was about going in. Um, I didn't read the synopsis that mm. you gave us at the beginning. And it felt like a kind of relationship situation I haven't seen in a movie before. I feel like not often are you seeing someone realize that they've befriended the ex of the person they're currently like falling in love with. Um, usually it's, they knew who this person was and it's kind of like, oh, I shouldn't be with them because they're my friend's ex. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought this was a really fun way to kind of deal and dig into what a, an adult relationship might look like. Yeah, and I think that goes into like the intended audience of this film and, yeah. and really like we're not in the core demographic Mm-mm. like this is a movie made for the people it's about it's made for adults it's made for you know people in middle age people who've, who've been married who've been divorced who have you know had kids and Slowly we can still we can still both appreciate the great things about it but it stands out as unique because there's not a lot of movies like that or at least not the majority of movies are not like that no. um, and especially even more and more now it is still cool to see you know Hall Center is, is still putting out movies, you know, a decade later and mm-hmm. still able to to make movies for adults um, and people in, in real relationships and with dealing with real problems. I think that's what's the best about both of these movies to me is that they just feel real. Yeah. Like and, the, every and, character, the little, their jobs, like everybody has a unique little profession and their homes feel lived in and um, they have mannerisms and quirks and they're unlikable. <laughs> I know. I love it. Which kind of like leads me into a question I have for you. In this film, we get to see like both sides of a relationship. The bitterness felt towards an ex and then the beautiful way love is built as a couple spends more time together. What did you think of the way they showed this as well as the way Eva starts to internalize the information she's got from Marianne? Yeah, I mean, I really loved the the building of the relationship i mean it's it's so cute to see those those early stages especially because both of these people are they haven't dated in a while or they're not good at it anymore mm-hmm. maybe, maybe they never really were but like I they mean, don't know what they're doing they're their lost opening they're, lines like, to each other is that they're not attracted to exactly. one another <laughs> like, that was so real and i was like oh i love that mm-hmm. yeah so you know it, but it's still 
it's cute to see them, you know, go out to the movies, go out to a diner and, and have all these dates together. It's really hard as a viewer to like sit there and and see her make the mistakes that you don't want to see the characters I yelled make, at the, right? I yelled at the Literally, yeah. You're yeah. like, come on, seriously? So that's a, it's tough to watch, but I think that adds to the reality of it. It's like, these, she has flaws, right? Like, mm-hmm. she's broken because of her past relationships or just because of, she's let her get into this, like, stuck place in her life. You know, her dead-end job as a masseuse where she's constantly climbing these stairs, never asking for help from anyone. Like, that's a fucking <laughs> metaphor for you. Um, literally Sisyphus. And, you know... Like, I don't know where I'm going with this fucking thought at this point, but like, it's just, it, it all leads into the reality of it, right? Like it's, it's just so real and it's, it's so raw. Um, and when she gets to that point where it's like, you want to tell her just like, just fess up. Just be like, it's an honest mistake. Like you could explain she the situation away. She has a whole that, opening. Literally it's given to her, but, but she doesn't do that. And um, she which, has to deal with those consequences, which is also something I love about this movie is that there are real consequences and oh, yeah. it takes, it, it one year later's us, which I you love. I, yeah, it's I'm your favorite thing a movie could do. Um, both these movies, all the movies we're going to be talking about coming out, <laughs> in but um, I think that's a crutch. But it shows that it takes time for you to like get over these things, and then even when they like, you know, come together in the it's end, still like it's like, still, are they? that's weighing over them. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a present in their relationship. I feel like that led to the realness of it, like the fact that. She did have an opening. I think it's more realistic that a person would chicken out and not use that opening to fess up because it's so hard to deal with what you've done mm-hmm. um, and realize you took so long to make a choice here and now you just feel like, oh, I can't make this choice now. So you just keep procrastinating it until ultimately whatever does happen <laughs> is the worst worse. thing yeah. that could happen. It only gets worse. Um, I found this letterbox review. Uh, shout out this person, Willa McClay. Uh, and I think it really summarizes a lot I of the thoughts I hope they're a I feel, listener. So. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, I love that Hollis Center is genuine about the dynamics between people who can't help but sabotage themselves and each other. She allows her characters to be fuck-ups in an organic way, and even with a common contrivance inserted for a film of this type, she transcends it, because our point-of-view character has to bear the weight of the hurt they've caused, and they knew they were going to cause. Usually in films of this type, all is forgiven, but the decisions matter here, and there's a palpable regret hanging in the air that complicates the chemistry between Gandolfini and Dreyfus. It makes for a film that's sweet and uncomfortable at the same time with a low-level anxiety boiling under the surface, because every single person on this planet has done something like Dreyfus's character has done, and wishes they could have had another go at it. Sometimes we can't help but make the wrong decision, even when we see it coming a mile away. Enough said is about that sort of thing while also being one of the more elegant and realistic romantic comedies of rare, which incredibly wow, well said. She really, yeah, just really wrapped it up perfectly. Uh, probably said, better than you Said everything we just said, but so much better. But yeah, like that's... we. You can sit there as a viewer and be like, I want to say that in this situation, I would... like I, you're, We're yelling. At, it's that yelling at the screen thing, oh, right? I was more yelling but at also, myself. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, it's like, it's so relatable. That's the, the, where you can see yourself... In the character. I started to feel uncomfortable because I was like, oh my God, this is making me relive shit and I don't want to do that anymore. I wanted to talk about something that I didn't love in this movie and, and maybe that's because of me being a young person, but I thought the the daughter storyline 
was not the best, um, especially just in general. So I guess for context, if you haven't seen this movie and you're listening to it, like the whole, the setup is that like she's spending time with her daughter's best friend and kind of neglecting her daughter, you know, in the final months, weeks as she's about to head off to college. And, you know, it's clear that this other girl has, um, you know, kind of a rough life at home herself. And she's kind of attached herself to the, this other woman as, you know, someone to give her advice and, but also be her like, maybe friend in a in a way that isn't a proper relationship. And I think all that stuff is kind of interesting. My big problem is just like, in the end, I think the movie is about James, like it's about the romantic relationship. It's, it, mm-hmm. And it cares less about like the daughter stuff really being resolved in any meaningful way. Well, I feel like that to me- I mean, You know, that's a the, different movie, but it's like you're juggling a lot of things. Well, yeah, but I think that was kind of also the point of Eva's character is she's very clearly not prioritizing her daughter at this point anymore. And this is a point I wanted to write to you. I I thought this was very interesting in the movie because it kind of leads you to wonder what it was like for Ellen, Eva's daughter, growing up. Was Eva always kind of this distant? Or is this because Ellen's soon leaving the house and both of them are just kind of trying to protect themselves by creating this distance to make the fact that her daughter's moving across the country easier mm-hmm. as the daughter that has moved across the country i can kind of relate to like this kind of weird story like feeling you have yeah. i thought the fact that it was unresolved made sense for where the characters are at in the movie because it just feels like that relationship with her daughter is is gonna be okay there's a love there that's not gonna be ruined because of that it's just kind of that transitional phase they're in whereas her relationship with Gandolfini literally is held in the balance of how he can feel about this choice that she made long-term. So I feel like that's probably why it just didn't matter at the end. Speaking of daughters, <laughs> James Gandolfini's daughter in this movie, uh, just an all-timer. Just horrible human. <laughs> or, horrible stuff. Um, but again, it's that thing of just like, you know, sometimes fucking like your kids suck. And like when you're 20 and when we were you know teenager like kind of made you, you, you think what your parents asshole. said right. about like, you or, or, friends, or you know like what have you shit yeah i'm sure you've made an ass of yourself or i definitely Whoa. have <laughs> i'm sure we all have <laughs> absolutely I, like. I have yeah. But yeah um yeah it's it, it it's the cool thing about this movie a relationship i do want to talk about in this because i think it's important in both of the movies is the other couple i loved them they like slow so ben falcone and, and joni uh, yeah, Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Collette. Getting to play an Australian, which she is, so which good. is so strange because like she never is. Yeah. I love her. She's in Way Way Back, which is one of my all time favorite movies, and I think I get to see her do something different in this, which is just be, I think herself in a little way. Mm. Like she is so funny. And raw, and is just like, no, I'm gonna tell you how I feel, and I, I loved it. And her and her husband have this weird relationship where it feels like they hate each other, but they so clearly like still like being together, mm-hmm. and they're dealing with this weird phase that they're in. I'm like, oh, I just love this. It's such a different relationship that we're getting in this movie from the main characters and what they're going through. That's fun, and it's well talk about it in the next one too like it's interesting to see like the the friend relationship in both contexts and like 
the maybe the advice they give that is both negative and positive and how they're also dealing with the same types of issues in their own way. Um, and, the, and it's cool that we do get those little looks in of both those relationships. Yeah, I felt like you were able to see yourself in any one of the characters in this movie. Like the way that Tony's character is so bad at firing her maid because she just like can't do that to somebody. I was like, oh, I feel like that's something I would have a struggle with. Like something's not working out, but it's easier to just mm. be like, that's fine than to like really make a change. And I just, I think that's something that's beautiful about this movie is that there's a way to relate to somebody in it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So let's move on over to You Hurt My Feelings. What kind of story were you thinking about, Hal? Something in a prison. Oh, all right. And uh, what about the, a prison interests you? Jail. For sure. Happy anniversary. We're so lucky. Yeah. So Elliot tells me you're a writer. In your last one, it should have done better. There's lots of new voices. Refugees, cancer, murder, abuse. I'm an old voice. You're the best voice. Maybe if dad hadn't just been verbally abusive, it would have been a bestseller. Don't say that. Your memoir was great. Your new book is great. How are you? Feeling a little off my game. The only reason she makes me a salad is because she wants me to lose weight, which is passive aggressive. No, I want you to be healthy. Doesn't can, matter. Can you shut Any... up and keep talking? Don, you want to intervene here? We can do this at home. Even Milani looks tired. I'm aging. What are you, nuts? Can you get Botox? Well, I just get a little bit right here. You know, I can still move my eyebrows. Watch, watch. So expressive. <laughs> Come on, we'll go sneak up on him. Can you say anything? No, I can't. It feels too late. Oh my god. Oh my god. I think I'm gonna throw up. Wait, 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 not right here. No, I don't think I can. I can't. If I did say that, you took it out of context. Are you gonna gaslight me now? been lying to me this whole time. I wasn't lying. I was encouraging. That's not true. You were lying to be encouraging. You know what? As an actor, Mark isn't always great. So the times when you don't think he's good, what do you say to him? You were so fantastic. Really? <gasps> Mom, you're always expecting the best from me. You're welcome. I need to do something meaningful. What you do is, is kind of meaningful. To who? No one. This whole world is falling apart, and this is what's consuming you. Well, you're not helping. I love you. Oh, okay, well, then never mind. And I guess I want to start a little bit in reverse order in terms of talking in this movie. I think this is the... I, let me double check. I want to officially check that this is accurate before I say it. Oh, I hope it's super inaccurate, whatever you were thinking. So this is interesting. Uh, this is on the list uh, as a movie that I've seen, and it is actually the newest movie on the entire list because it was released just earlier this year. Uh, I think in March of this year. Um, that and, tracks. Yeah, so this is one that, you know, typically we see a lot of stuff, but you know, sometimes <clears throat> our schedules don't align. I have to go see a movie without you and yeah. it just, it, I'll, I'll write it down for like, hey, we should check that out later together or, or you should go see it. This is one that I was just like, yeah, I, I want to watch that with you at some point. Now it's been about eight months later. It was on the list and it seemed like the perfect pairing to kind of do these two movies back to back and kind of 
talk about them together, watch them together. Um, so it all just, you know, it worked out nicely. Yeah, especially because we watched them back-to-back nights, mm. which I th- ish, same week. <laughs> Monday, Thursday, yeah. <laughs> Again, no conscious of time. Um, same week, I think. This was a Thanksgiving Enough for the said was so fresh in our minds that it was easier to compare the two after watching You mm. Hurt My Feelings versus if we had watched Enough said, I don't know, a month ago and then jumped into this. Like, I think it would have been harder for me to feel yeah. them connected in a way. And I definitely wanted, like, I wanted to see what it would be like um, watching them together. Because it, it had been a while since I'd watched the other one. So in this movie... Julia Louis Dreyfus, Julia Louise Dreyfus plays Beth, a successful memoirist and semi-successful memoirist and creative writing teacher whose newly finished first novel has her feeling anxious about the state of her life and career. Her husband of at least two decades, played by Tobias Menzies, named Don, similarly struggles to find his purpose in the daily monotony of his job as a therapist. When Beth overhears Don talking to their mutual friend about not actually liking Beth's new book, her entire life and relationship begins to spiral around as she, she tries to understand where the not-so-little-white lie came from. Set in the streets, stores, and parks of New York City, this 2023 film, also written and directed by Nicole Hall of Center, is the ultimate romantic comedy for old married couples, and maybe us too. Starring alongside Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Tobias Menzies is Michaela Watkins, Arian Moyed, and Janie Bernan. What did you think about this one, Mina? I dug it. (laughs) I really liked it. Um, This felt probably the most real. Did you like it more or less? I think more because I think it's a different kind of, like, Again, it's a different kind of relationship, but I don't think very often we get to see a couple that's been together for a really long time that's so clearly a healthy relationship that also has problems. Like, it's always either they're a perfect couple and there's nothing wrong with them, or they should have never been together and they're horrible to one another. Like, this was just, they clearly work, but they're human, so they're going to mess up and they're both going to have struggles for one another and they're going to fight, but like that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be together or that there's something inherently wrong with their relationship. Yeah, and it's like, it's not a movie that ends in a breakup. It's a movie about the ebbs and flows and the the, the, the low points of a relationship and how that you can kind of overcome those things and how after you're with someone for, for so long, you're able to kind of um, to get through those things. This one I think is like, harder to watch i want to say or maybe it's like less because it's more raw and it's about a relationship that is so healthy and so positive that is also suffering and that kind of maybe hurts more to experience and at the end of it um maybe you're not i mean neither of them leave you like super happy but um you know it it is about like kind of a betrayal in in a long and happy life um and it makes you think about your relationships in the real world and about the lies you might tell or the the lies that have been told to you. I intro this episode as, you know, a joke about, you know, do you really like the podcast? But like, that's the thing is, is like the things you create, you're always seeking validation. And of course, the people that you love the most, you're going to seek the the most validation from and it hurts the most when when you you feel that's not honest. Indeed. And if you find out that someone's, you know, lied about something, as we've seen this movie, 
it's typically if it's someone you care about um it's something that sends you spiraling down into what else have they lied to me about and now you can't take anything true and you're like oh my god my whole life is a lie now and as a spiraler i get that 100 <laughs> percent. this was just so raw and real to me and i think I've related it so much. Like I was a creative writing major. I like hate people reading my stuff because I'm terrified they're going to tell me it's horrible. Like Mm -hmm. I get where that was at the whole time and why the stakes were so high for that lie. Like I feel like if it had been a different lie, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. This movie is very much about both their professions, which I think is really interesting. And like it's, it's the, the, heart and soul of their lives beyond that right like for her this this lie that is yes it's about you know you could say it's small and it's about her book but like that is a everything you know her first yeah. book was literally a memoir about her life and then this is her her next step into the writing world you know maybe unsuccessfully after that and um she clearly has like a lot of you know issue validation i wouldn't say validation issues but just like you know she's seeking approval and as fucking we all are and, you know, we talk about, you know, she grew up with verbal abuse and, you know, she, she you, you meet, abuse. and you meet her, her mother, who is an interesting character in her own right. And like, you can kind of see the ways that um, she's fucked up and the way that she's fucking up her own child as well, who's featured in this movie. Um, so it, it spans the generations and is, is a really cool um, story about them, too. Let's talk about both these movies together. I think it's it goes in with that thing again, where like the people are annoying. In this one too, like they oh they kind of suck. Like like when they're maybe even more so. They're bad because like at least I don't even I can't even say that at least for enough said like they just kind of suck too. But like not in an outward way where like in this movie they're literally volunteering to help individuals experiencing <laughs> homelessness get nice new clothes, but they're only allowed one item a day which like is in itself a little strange to me, but then they're like so shitty about it. And they're like, well, this is too nice to give them. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, no, no. And you're like, you're like, that's, ugh. it's a kind of a part of reality and humanity that you don't want to engage with. Cause you want to think that people that are volunteering are doing it and they actually care and are like going to be kind about it all the time. But I like just felt like they were, not necessarily being judgmental the whole time, but like self-serving for the whole mm. time. Yeah, and I mean, it's that thing of like, there's a realness to what they're doing. And I think something that is impressive about this movie is that even despite those facts that like, they're able to show that these aren't necessarily the best people. Like there, so many movies have to be like, we have to make you like the character. We have to make you like the character. We have to give you all these reasons for why you need to root for them. And this movie does that. It shows you... Um, through the compassion of the relationship and different reasons or like them being kind of funny. Like like there's different reasons that you want to like the people, right? But it's not solely focused on that. It's more focused on in building them out as real people yeah. than it is on like... And, I think and it manages to balance the, the you know, tightrope. Definitely. Still, uh, I think you're you know, more rooting for the couple staying together versus the individual characters which i think is the only reason as a part they're much worse off (laughs) right you're kind of like 
I don't like these people. Because like, he's a shitty therapist, too. For the clearly record. so bad. So bad. And David Cross and his, his wife just want help. I'm not going to lie. David Cross makes any scene better. Love him so much. Quotation marks. Doctor. So good. I don't know. Like, I think that's honestly the best part of both of these movies is it's contingent upon the relationships in them. You don't have to like these people because I think so often in life... You have people that you may like like and have around you, but there's obviously parts of them you don't like because not every like no one is perfect all the way around. Mm-hmm. And so often movies, it's either they're hundred percent bad or they're hundred percent good, or they've got some bad, but here's why it's okay they have some bad because they're like ninety-seven percent good. And like I'm tired of watching stuff like that. I wanna see something real and I feel like it's so hard to show real without it feeling like it's pandering. Mm. And this felt current. It felt real. Well, and it's also the thing of like, you have to create something that is both specific and relatable. Like I know I talked about it being relatable Mm -hmm. earlier, but like, how do you appeal to the masses of people of multiple ages, multiple races, sexual orientations, but then also still create something that, people can connect to the deeper human emotions. And now, of course, we're a straight white couple and like the people in this are a straight white couple. So like we're more similar to them and you're a person who sees yourself as like you you majored in writing, you're a writer. Like we find the similarities maybe more easily than other couples might. But I still think there's that deep, raw thing of like you are always going to try and lift the person you're with up and, it, and, you know, maybe even at, at beyond at all costs and maybe, you know, sugarcoat things at times because of that. Yeah, this didn't feel like the kind of relationship problems that is something only straight white couples would feel. Like this is just an inherent situation of humanity of you lie to protect people sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, re- and in this case, it's this is an opinion based lie. So what, is his opinion should it really make her change her entire book? Maybe not, but it probably would have if he had told her the truth. And mm-hmm. like, maybe it, maybe it did need to happen, you know? Like, opinions well, also, are so like, subjective and it's hard when your entire when you're that job person. is based off of people's opinions being they like what you did. Yeah. Like, it's so hard to balance you're okay if someone didn't like it. Uh, are you? Are you okay if they didn't like it? <laughs> I mean, taste, everyone's taste. Like you said, it's subjective. Like, this is a mystery novel. Maybe he doesn't even fucking like a mystery, but like it could right? be literally anything yeah. of just like any given reason that you don't connect with something. Like that's why there are a billion different movies and a billion different uh-huh. books. There's something for everyone. I mean, so it's something like, that's talked about, sure it was talked about in your film classes, it's talking about my writing classes, but like you have an audience that you're trying yeah. to approach. And I feel like that can either be a blessing for you to be okay with people not liking what you wrote and be like, well, they were part of who I was going for. Right. Or it can just be you being oblivious the whole time. And it's not what you need to hear because sometimes what you've done is just actually shit and no one's going to like it. Mm. And I I think it, that's like the interesting part of this movie is it's like, what what is it here? Is this book actually shit? Or is it its opinion <laughs> here on these two people that don't like the book? Yeah. And is the is uh, Stewie from Succession's acting any good? I don't know. Fuck, I love him. 
He's so Is he good on the stage? Good. I think he's probably horrible. I don't think so, yeah. He he's, looked bad. He's good in a sock store. That's his, his he, sock sale. He was great in the movie. <laughs> he's fantastic. As, <laughs> as an actor, yeah, he's fantastic. But um, yeah, I think I I liked their relationship dynamic and like their role in this more, movie even more than the other couple, the, the Tony Collette, Ben Her Falcone sister couple. is in Enough Said as well. Mm-hmm. She plays the woman that was standing with the actress that plays Marianne at the party. Yes. So she goes to the gym with Julia Louis-Dreyfus <laughs> in the first movie. I think, yeah, I think their relationship is is good. Um, I want to talk about, you guys. I have one thing about okay. You Hurt My Feelings specifically that I have to say. I thought it was so fucking weird that they brought their son on their anniversary <laughs> dinner and the opening scene is, should we even invite well, yeah, him? Yeah, it's the perfect no! symmetry. It's the, For the, the love of the, God. Their first anniversary. Your poor son. <laughs> no, he does not. First of all, he's their only child. He has no siblings to be like, mom and dad are so fucking weird. He's all, he's it. He's got to bear all of it. And his parents bring them on their anniversary That is dinner? how they, they one year later us with that. Absolutely <laughs> not. Um, I do like that actor, Owen Teague. Uh, I told you when we were watching the movie that I'm a big fan of his. Um, I said this to you, the last year, Andrea Riseborough was nominated for Best Actor. She was one of five people, uh, you know, alongside Kate Blanchett and uh, Michelle Yeoh, of course. Um, she slipped in for this movie to Leslie that nobody had seen. It was basically a social media campaign, like the day the Oscar ballot started spearheaded by uh none other than um herself no what's his name oh. edward norton uh was was out there i on, remember this there you go i throw it edward norton was out there on instagram That's letting what the, the people was? know to leslie is beautiful um but owen teague in that movie plays the son of andrea riseborough's character uh leslie and I think he's really incredible in that. He's, he's had a lot of those roles where he's like playing the the 20-something son of kind of parents who have fucked him up even more so in that movie. Um, he's also in the It series um, where he dies, of course. He dies. pointed out to me. Um, it seems like he's popping up in, in some stuff. I know he's in Eileen that came out this year. I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him do more, good. more stuff. I, I really like him. Um, especially as like a young actor that... I feel like doesn't get talked about enough. He seems like the person that would have solid range and like be believable in different types of characters, which also, I think is hard. Sometimes you look like you're stuck in something because you don't necessarily look like what on screen people should look like for different characters, you know? I'm sure at some point he probably will do like some bigger movie or like he'll be sucked up into some world like that. But it is cool to see him like mm-hmm. working with directors like Nicole Hollison or... Um, like this and doing stuff like this and, and doing small movies like to Leslie. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's clear he's, you know, interested in acting, you know, in movies. I um, liked and, and rather than like being famous. I thought his, his scenes were really good. His openness to tell his parents that he was tired of them. His mom telling him everything he's doing is great. Like that is just as detrimental as someone telling you everything you do sucks. <laughs> and I think... That was something cool to be said in that. I don't think that's ever really said, you know, like it's everything's you're supposed to be positive. It's like sometimes positivity can go too far and it's not great anymore. And I thought that was really, really cool. And I like that they gave us at the ending the idea that he had completed something, but leaving it. Is it good? Is it bad? You don't actually get to know if his play is good or bad. 
And I liked that. I liked that they were just like, no, he completed it, which is good enough. Like he completed something and that's cool. Uh, I want to talk about the legitimacy of the marijuana store that he works in. I don't know about any like federal permits that they might have had. All I know time. is that they don't have good security. I can tell you that. guy is sleeping and they got robbed big time. Uh, definitely a, uh, a little bit of an under the table dispensary happening there you operating in, in New York City. I think so. I think so in terms of uh, in time, just in terms of timing. I think just everything about his character is really interesting. I love the like breaks up with the girlfriend and like returns home you know it's such like a a modern you know more accepted thing of like you know like it's it's okay to like fall back into the safety net when you're needed uh when you need it and you know they're there for him and of course overbearing is, is I thought all it was all. also relatable that their parents were like oh she was so great like <laughs> fuck off and then, and then she's like she cheated and she's like, oh nope she is <laughs> I just thought that was so, so relatable, especially when he was like, could you take my side? And like, of course, so at good. that moment is like when she has like just overheard this and had not, she just overheard Don talking about oh, yeah. her book, but had not spoken to him about that. We're fact, like so at the like, peak of the movie here of like the problem coming up and there's a lot going on. <laughs> what a movie. This movie is very much set in New York City. Were you uh, were you looking for any spots you recognize? Did you, did you see anything? No, because the way they were shooting, that is that is the same block throughout entire Manhattan. I was like, uh, I, there was at one point where I was like, I think this feels pretty sure they're on Fifth Avenue. Feels like at one point. feels like seventieth uh, Street, like Upper Upper West Side. It felt in that area. There's uh, no way they're they definitely go at lower. Central Park at one point. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's that thing. It feels very New York. And as people who have now like spent a good considerable amount of time in the city, like they let you can see. <laughs> they let Julia Louis-Dreyfus go back to her roots sitting at a diner mm. in a red There's booth. a good joke about that, yeah. Thank God we had a Seinfeld Some reference. I don't know out. what I could have done without it. Yeah, I don't think we needed to see them then actually go to a diner later. It, it ruins the joke, but... I don't know. I think it was kind of perfect for like who she was with like since it was with her mom yeah i think it was fine if it had been with anybody else i would agree it would it kind of ruined the joke but like it feels like the perfect place that her and her mom would go the final thing we have here are these good date movies i think so but i think they're good date movies for couples that have been together for a little while like not like an opening date movie because i feel like they're delving with these like aspects of relationships well maybe if you're like a really 38 year old divorced well parent, that's fine it's but the first day you could watch enough said and be like let's not do this fair enough i mean yeah that's true i guess <laughs> if, if people in our position if you are below the age of 35 i guess <laughs> and you've never been married before maybe don't check these out on a first date i think uh i think you've hurt if you hurt i think you hurt my feelings I think it's fine for a first date or if you've been together a while, but I think uh, like a one month or a two month is a bad spot. There's a curve. That's my take. Oh, interesting. Cause you're lying to each other like crazy yeah, in those first yeah, two exactly. months. So like you don't want it. You, <laughs> you don't want those questions that early on. It's all about on. the lies. Yeah. It, either like you get it over with date, like day one, you're like, oh shit, we can't lie to each other. Like and now then proceed our, to entire, lie to each our other. entire relationship has to be either 100% truth or 100% lies. Or, yeah, I think at the, like, two-month point, it's, it's going to lead to a breakup. You know what? I, I agree with you there. Like, I think that is a really good point that I did not think about. Luckily, 
we don't have to deal with that. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. And uh, catch us on the next one. Get excited for what if next. Ooh. Or what if not? Oh, what if it's the F word? Fuck. That was actually friend zoned. Thanks for listening to the episode. You can follow the rest of our happenings over here at Cody and Corbin have a podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Cat Podcasts, K-H-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Please follow us on Spotify, give us a rating, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow along for more.